Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Even in conservative states like deep in the heart of Texas, they are not yet able to ban abortion beginning at conception. Today we interviewed John Speed who testified at the committee in Austin, Texas. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt. Dr. Chaps, you're watching PIJN News. On today's show, we have a live interview with a returning guest who is a pro-life activist, who actually is a national activist now. He travels the country promoting life and trying to stop abortion. Of course, we're talking about John Speed, who recently returned from a missionary trip to Austin, Texas. Welcome to the program, John Speed. Thank you so much for having me on. So it's an honor to meet you. Remind our audience, you have a bookstore in uh, in central New York and you are uh, became famous there because you protested on a day when they were trying to give New York taxes to uh, kill unborn children. Yeah, the day after New York passed the Reproductive Health Act, we closed our bookstore in a protest and refused to collect sales tax that day as a, as a sign of mourning, we called it a day of mourning. And uh, we continue to collect sales tax, but we do it under duress. Amen, well, now you have, uh, I suppose, jumped in with both feet and you joined the movement in Texas. My good friend, of course, Rusty Thomas is down there in Waco and uh, I've been reading his email alerts about a recent bill that was introduced in the Texas State House of Representatives. Um, you went to Texas all the way from New York. Uh, how was the trip? Well, it's a long trip to Texas, about 24, 25 hours to where we stayed, and then another three hours to Austin. But um, it was a great trip. Uh, it was a wonderful opportunity to go down there and testify last Monday. So do they allow just anybody to testify, or do you have to be a Texas voter, or uh, what, what was the crowd like? The crowd was majority, was mostly Texas voters. I would say there was only a handful of people from out of state, including myself and my son, but the vast majority was Texas voters. And was the audience more pro-life or pro-abortion? Definitely more pro-life. There were over 340 people that testified verbally before the committee and there were maybe only four or five that testified verbally against the bill. And so uh, it was overwhelmingly pro-life. Well, those are quite some numbers. So with, uh, with the popular vote behind the pro-life bill, I'm sure the committee chair who happened to be a Republican, he immediately voted to pass this bill and send it on to the full state house, right? Well, you know, I wish that he had. Uh, the, the chairman is Repres Representative Jeff Leach from Plano. He is a pro-life Republican. He claims that he, is, uh, the, he has an impeccable record on pro-life issues, but he has stated even before the committee met, even before the hearing, he stated that he would never send this bill to the floor to be voted on. 
And, um, and so even in spite of all of that, in spite of the really powerful testimony, uh, really it was so powerful, it seemed, it seemed like a revival was about to break out right in the committee room. People were in tears, even some of the politicians were in tears over some of the testimonies that were being given. And yet in spite of that, the very next day, Representative Leach came out on Twitter and said, no, I'm not gonna you put this thing to a vote. What time did that committee hearing end? You guys must have been there quite a long time. They gave us each about a minute to testify. Uh, we didn't really get started until about seven in the evening, and we didn't finish until after three in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning, they're holding committee hearings. And I forgot to ask, uh, who was the bill sponsor? There must be one pro-life Republican who wanted this because he brought it to the committee. Right, the, uh, the sponsor is Representative Tony Tinderholt. And he has done really an amazing job with this bill. It's very clear, succinct. He's even faced death threats over the last couple of years since he has gotten behind this bill. And so we're very thankful for uh, Representative Tinderholt and his backing. Now, wait a minute. You mean to say that the party that supports abortion is also in favor of death? This is shocking to me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, what a shocker that people who want to legalize murder would actually want to murder somebody for, or at least threaten them with that for doing something like this. Well, it must run in their DNA. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask John Speed, what were some of the arguments made in favor of abolishing abortion at conception after this? Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God. But we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, some people are worried that we're losing our country, but they ask, how can we take a stand? We have produced now these two effective resources for you, a DVD video series and a book. Yours for a suggested donation of just $50 and we will offer you four videos on this disc to teach you how to become an effective Christian activist. For example, how did I send five million petitions to Congress? How did we organize and change bad laws or policies in 13 states? How did I run and win a seat in the Colorado legislature? We will also offer you this 30-day prayer manual, How to Liberate the World in 30 Days. They're both yours for a suggested donation of just $50. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or write to the address on your screen, or better yet, pick up the phone and call us at 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. 
You can learn the easy steps to take back your country. Call us today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by John Speed, who is a pro-life activist who travels the country, recently returned from Austin, Texas. John, welcome back to the program. You were there in the state capitol in Austin, Texas, and uh, you said, Tony Tenderholt, state representative, introduced a bill to abolish abortion beginning at conception, which is unusual. A lot of these other bills that people try to pass will try to abolish abortion after a heartbeat is detected, abolish abortion after an ultrasound can be performed, uh, abolish abortion after 24 hours with parental notification, um, but then you can kill the baby. In this bill, that was different because you cannot kill the baby ever. Yeah, ever. Um, not, not at any stage in the pregnancy, there's no mention of pain capability, no mention of heartbeats, things like that. This is a really, truly uh, pro-life bill. And it was a, definitely a historic moment. No bill like this has ever made it to committee. There's been other bills introduced in other states, but they never made it to a committee hearing. And so this was a historic moment. So I'm wondering, of course, I think I know the answer to your question, but I wanna hear you articulate why uh, and when do you believe life begins? Well, life definitely begins at conception. Uh, there's no question and the reason why, I mean, number one, biblically, you know, Jeremiah chapter one makes it very clear that God knew Jeremiah even before he was formed in the womb. And so God makes it very clear that life begins at conception, but it's also just a scientific fact. Uh, it's just with prenatal science being what it is, you can't argue it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my stance on that. And I think that's the right stance. Well, you seem to be a man of science, but you're also a man of faith. Uh, when you mentioned the Bible, can you, uh, what did you say in front of the, the committee members? Did you quote the Bible or how did you make a religious argument? My argument, because we could only really address them for about a minute and I pushed it and I was able to get two minutes, but I wanted to address their main objections. And so my argument was basically, first of all, they have a responsibility to ignore Roe. Uh, it is right for the state representatives to ignore a tyrannical ruling from the federal courts. And so I used the example of the fugitive slave law from 1850, and I used a specific example of Reverend J.W. Loguen from Syracuse, New York, who is a, a runaway slave who escaped to the north. The fugitive slave law demanded that he be brought back to his owner. And in a, in a public speech, he challenged the uh, leadership of Syracuse, New York, and said, are you gonna send me back there? Are you gonna obey this law that the president has passed down to us? And so I kind of used that, his words, to and spin them basically to defend the unborn who can't speak for themselves. And so that's the, the first thing that I addressed. Uh, the second thing, that I, I addressed in my statements had to do with, um, that's escaping me right now. It had to do with. Well, um, it'll so come tired. to you. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. 
What I'm yeah. uh, more curious about is what was the reaction of the Republicans on the committee? They run for, for elected office and they all say that they're pro-life, especially in Texas. You cannot get elected, even if you're a Democrat, you gotta be a pro-life Democrat to get elected in many of these districts. But then after they get elected, they're not responsible to the voters who sent them there. Instead, they told you what? Well, what they told us was that because that the bill <laughs> criminalizes the woman who has the abortion, they didn't want to support that. Um, but however, and this is the point, the other point that I was going to get to, if you say that you're pro-life and you say that the life in the womb is human life, right? And But then you ask for a less of a penalty for someone who commits an abortion than those who commit a murder outside of the womb, you're revealing something about what you really believe about your pro-life position. You don't really cherish the life in the womb in the same way that you cherish life outside of the womb. And so this entire hearing really exposed that amongst pro-life Republicans. I think it's shocking a lot of people around the country. I think they're absolutely shocked that this is happening and um, they ought to be. Well, I think you're onto something there, but I'll just uh, make an argument here. I play the devil's advocate and I hate the devil, so I hate making this argument. But uh, in November, because Beto O'Rourke had some coattails, Republicans there lost 10 seats in the state house and lost two seats in the state Senate in Texas. And they used to have what was a 63% supermajority. Basically, the Republicans could have passed anything before November. Now they only have a 55% arm's length majority, as some call it. Uh, it's still a majority, but they cannot overcome a Democrat filibuster if it had gone to the state house floor. Do you think that is a good excuse for Republicans to not allow a vote in committee, not allow a vote on the state house floor? Well, if that's the reason, nobody's talking about it. Um, and I don't think it's really a good reason to begin with. We do these things because the, the government has a role to play according to Romans 13. Their job is to act as a diakonos or as a minister of God to bear the sword against the evildoer. And so regardless of the majority or whatever, they need to trust God. Now, five of the committee members are professing Christians. Uh, along with being Republicans, four of those are, are Baptists, as, as I am. And so you would think that they would have some sense of the responsibility before God to actually put forward a, something that could end abortion in Texas and let, let the chips fall where they may. God is bigger than all that. We serve a God that split the Red Sea. <laughs> we, we serve a God that raised Jesus from the dead. He can, he can get that bill through even if they didn't have the majority at all. And so they need to really trust God with this and obey him. I think you're onto something there. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask John Speed about uh, not only how this might play out in the courts later on, if it were to become law, but what can churches and pastors do to abolish abortion after this? This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
Reading today's headlines, doesn't it seem sometimes like the world is unreal? We hear about rumors of wars and we see legislative and cultural battles here in America. But where is our hope? I think it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're offering now a, a DVD series led by family ministry leader Vince Dacchioli, Real Christianity in an Unreal World. It behooves us to really understand what does it mean to be relevant as a Christian and to be real and to spread the gospel in a way to where more and more people will, be in, will embrace it and move yep. in the right direction. We can send you the entire DVD series, which is three-part teaching with Vince and a bonus of my personal testimony for a suggested donation of just $30 if you call now at 866-Obey-God. Or write to the address on your screen or visit PrayInJesusName.org. We want to rush you this important teaching to ground your faith in real Christianity. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by John Speed, who is a pastor from central New York, but also a pro-life activist who just testified in Texas at a big committee hearing. John, when you were there in Texas at the State House, you were testifying in favor of life to abolish abortion. And yet, uh, there are other bills passing around the country. For example, in Ohio, they just passed a heartbeat bill to abolish some abortions after a heartbeat is detected. Your bill that you testified in favor of brought by Tony Tenderholt, uh, the state rep from uh, Texas, would have abolished abortion beginning at conception. Any chance that'll hold up in the courts? Well, uh, the way that it was worded in the bill, uh, the this, if they would have passed it, it would have been a conscious decision for the Texas uh, legislators and the government in Texas to ignore any federal interference. And so several times throughout the bill, it's repeated. And I'm sure there'd be some sort of legal challenge to that. Uh, but I think what, I think that bill has the right idea. The local magistrates on the state level, even down right down to the city and the county level, really they ought to ignore these unjust rulings and challenge the government, listen, we're not going to listen to it. They've already done it with sanctuary cities regarding immigration, right? The liberal states have done it. They get it. The liberal states get it. New York State gets it. They're like, we will have sanctuary cities, even though the federal government says this illegal immigration, that this, these immigrants are illegal. Uh, 
why aren't the conservative states doing the same thing? They have a right to self-governance. And so regardless of the challenge, they need to do the right thing. There is a principle here of uh, interposition and uh, you were good friends with our friend, Pastor Matt Truella in Wisconsin. He talks about uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Do you think the state house has a job as uh, to interpose and ignore federal mandates? Who has more rights in the constitution, states rights or federal rights? Right, well, states definitely have the right and they have the responsibility to do that. The example I mentioned earlier, the fugitive slave law, You've got an example there where it's, it's an absolutely evil law to return uh, runaway slaves back to their slave masters. Wisconsin, back at that point, and, and uh, I believe Matt Trell refers to this, um, Wisconsin decided to ignore that unjust law. They have the right to do that. And so not just the constitutional right, they have a divine right. They have a command from God. We have an example of that in Esther when she interposed on behalf of the Jewish people that were about to be wiped out in Esther chapter 4. She says, if I perish, I perish. She knew she was disobeying the king's law, but she knew that God's law is the thing that she needed to be obeying. And that's what uh, they need to understand in Texas. So there are some even in the pro-life community, and we often talk about the divide between moderate pro-lifers and radical pro-lifers, right? Like you and me. I mean, I I'm consider myself on the abolish all abortions without exception uh, side of that debate. But the moderate pro-lifers, including national right to life, have often led the charge against these kinds of bills. And here's their argument. They say, unless we have the Supreme Court, at least in a five to four decision, then we're just gonna make precedent worse because the liberal courts will rule against us. And of course you remember, and you're saying ignore Roe, which was decided in 1973, uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey versus Planned Parenthood in 1992. And then in 2016, the US Supreme Court ruled five to three with one abstention. I think Scalia was uh, absent because of death, but uh, they ruled that a Texas law requiring hospital admitting privileges was not constitutional because it didn't coincide with Roe and Casey and the so-called right to privacy, which they find somewhere in the Fifth Amendment. Do you think uh, that National Right to Life, who advocates against radical laws like the one you're pr proposing, um, would eventually be proved right because the courts would strike this down? No, I don't think so. I mean, especially when you write right into the bill, we're going to ignore it. Uh, well, you, you take some resolve. It takes men acting like men. And uh, if we really believe that these babies are being murdered, then what we need to do is stand up with all of our might and, and resist that. We must resist tyranny. Uh, I'm sure that you know somebody could take it to court and say, well, yeah, there's on the basis of this or that. But Roe is not settled law. Roe is not law at all. It's a Supreme Court decision. The Supreme Court back in the 1800s also said that a slave was three-fifths of a man. And so are we supposed, in the Dred Scott decision, so are we supposed to just sur submit ourselves underneath these unjust laws and biblically, morally, 
And even legally, there's precedent to, to reject that. That's a good argument. You are a pastor there, and you can mention the name of your church, but what is your advice to other pastors? How can they get involved to abolish abortion in their community? Well, the first thing they can do in their community is to go to their city council meeting and in the public comments, speak out and say, we don't want abortion in our city. We don't want abortion in our county and encourage their county legislators to do the same thing and their city councilmen to do the same thing on the local level. Uh, it really needs to be a grassroots thing. The other thing they need to do is they can watch our film, Babies Are Murdered Here, at babiesaremurderedhere.com and learn how to take their members out to the Planned Parenthoods and the abortion clinics and go out there with the gospel and offers of real help to intervene and interpose right there at the abortion clinics to try to save lives of babies. So it can happen very practically in front of the clinics and it can happen very practically in, in, at a city council meeting. I think you're onto something there. Local activism is what a local pastor can lead. We have just about one minute left. Uh, pastor John Speed, would you lead our audience in a word of prayer to abolish abortion? Lord Jesus, we come before you and we plead with you, oh God, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would end this wickedness in our land. Lord, we pray that you would raise up pastors and other leaders all across this country to really see this for what it is. Give us a sense of urgency. Father, we ask that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to go out and proclaim your word with boldness. Lord, help us not to just be on the defensive all the time. Lord, help us to be on the offensive, to go out there and take this fight right to, the, right to our city councils, right to our county legislators, right to our state legislatures, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, proclaim the sovereignty of God over this land, and to proclaim the truth of the word of God, regardless of how it may look politically. Lord, we know that you're bigger than that. We know that you can do the impossible. And we ask that you would for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Our guest has been Pastor John Speed. AbolishAbortionTX.org to learn more about the Texas movement. And John, mention your uh, books, book site. Uh, JohnSpeedBooks.com, it's J-O-N-SpeedBooks.com. Great to meet you again, thanks for coming on. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer today, call us at 866-ObeyGod, but please pledge to donate, maybe just a dollar a month would help us stay on the air. Visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign up today. We'll see you next time. Reading today's headlines, doesn't it seem sometimes like the world is unreal? We hear about rumors of wars and we see legislative and cultural battles here in America. But where is our hope? I think it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're offering now a, a DVD series led by family ministry leader Vince Dacchioli, Real Christianity in an Unreal World. It behooves us to really understand what does it mean to be relevant as a Christian and to be real and to spread the gospel in a way to where more and more people will, be in, will embrace it and move yep. in the right direction. We can send you the entire DVD series, which is three-part teaching with Vince and a bonus of my personal testimony for a suggested donation of just $30 if you call now 
at 866-Obey-God. Or write to the address on your screen or visit PrayInJesusName.org. We want to rush you this important teaching to ground your faith in real Christianity. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.